You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle, and today we'll be talking about Marvel's Eternals. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. Okay, spoilers ahead for those of you who haven't seen it. It's been out for quite a while now, and I just got the chance to watch this by myself in a theater. You saw this a couple weeks before. I saw I did. it like opening weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I before we get, I have to tell you, I um have a quick story. I saw this by myself. Purchased a digital ticket as we do, and uh, I'm I'm going up. I hand the guy who scans my ticket. You know, my phone scans it. He tells me. He points to his left. He says, "Go down to your left." Theater 11, two down on the left. So I go down there and I sit through all of these, you know, previews and stuff. And one trailer comes up and it says rated R. I was like, oh, this is interesting. They're playing like a rated R trailer before a Disney movie uh, or a Marvel movie, which is owned by Disney, of course. And I said, this is, this is kind of weird. And uh, I didn't think anything else of it, but I just sat through the rest of the trailers. Spider-Man comes on, all this stuff. I'm excited. Lights dim. And all of a sudden, Sony logo comes up on the screen. I was like... Okay, maybe maybe this is one of those movies that Sony kind of owns the rights to, but they're pairing with Marvel. <laughs> and then a Screen Gems logo comes up. And then like three other production companies come up. I'm like, what is going on right now? I think I'm in the wrong movie. And and then a, I, it has to be a horror film. That's the only the only right. film that this could have been. I have no idea what it was. Horror film comes up. I grab my Raisinets, my soda, which is a small, but it looks like a large, and all of my crap and I like scurry out of this. I'm like one person of like 10 people in this in this theater and I scurry out of this film. And um, I look at my ticket. I'm supposed to be in theater two. So I walk past the guy who pointed me in the wrong direction. He just stares at me while I'm carrying all of my stuff down. And uh, I walk in and now I'm like the only person in the Eternals Theater. So I don't feel that embarrassed about it. But uh, <laughs> that was the start to this movie. So I, mix, I missed the opening text of whatever was said. Um, and I actually haven't looked it up. Do you know? Did, was it just like a uh, letting me know what happened? I don't. I don't remember. You don't remember? Okay, so it wasn't important. That's great. That. So I almost missed this movie and well, almost sat through a screen gem. It's probably atrocity of a horror film. I don't know what it was. I'm very interested to know what I was almost seeing. It was in uh, theater eleven or twelve, whatever. Theater eleven. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. Good. So I almost missed this movie, um, all because one guy didn't know the, the his right from his left. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> he pointed me in the wrong direction. So that was a start start of it. But I have to say, after I made it to the right theater, I had a pretty good time. <laughs> I don't know what you think about it because you've been mentioning, you haven't really mentioned much about the movie, but you I've, just said that you were excited to talk about it. I've been really sensitive. But that you were not going to see it with me again. I was not. I, right. I was not going to go Which see it Which I again. feel like gives me an understanding of what you think of the movie. Yeah. Um, so I think this is going to be interesting because I think we differ on what we think of this film. Well, we we may differ and we may not. It may just be our experiences different too. I'm I'm, I'm really anxious actually to have the conversation because my problems are very specific. Oh, okay. So uh, so anyway, so you like the movie? I I enjoyed the film. Okay. I, it's not a perfect film. No, certainly That's not. That's for sure. Um, it I felt like it was about twenty minutes too long. Sure. Um, but overall, like I enjoyed. The movie like it's it's i mean it's a marvel film so i for me i'm like i come in i'm like i'm not expecting to see nomadland you know right. like i'm not expecting to have to do much work as far as like processing what i'm watching sure. yeah um you know i'm i'm not coming in to see an academy award-winning film that's for sure i'm, I'm coming in to watch you know that turn your brain off as other filmmakers want to refer to it theme park ride like and that's fine like that's it has its place and like I I enjoyed it. I can definitely feel the impact of COVID on this thing. That's for sure. Um, at one point, I actually didn't know what time period we were in, which I think is a problem um, the film suffers from. It's like I, I, I didn't know where we were within the MCU. Right, um, yeah. No, I think that's a legitimate... And part of it doesn't matter either. Right. But 
yes there's there's things that like it just doesn't tie in enough for me at the present moment so so this they're going to fix that i would bet i, I think that like so meta like start like meta jump out of the film like my experience in the theater this is the movie where you see covid most pointedly impacting the mcu's phase four because mm -hmm. this movie's not where it needs to be in the release dates this this is yep. not where it needs to be so we when we saw shang chi this is great so if you hear squeaking that is my dog who d never plays with this toy but, but he is right now he wants some attention um i'm not i'm not going to play with you come here uh, dog at all um so yeah so like shang chi <laughs> felt and and we talked about this with black widow that yeah. like black widow is completely out of place too yeah but less impact right because it was in a way like a requiem mass for black widow right um and shang chi is great right so introducing new character feels like we're at the beginning of something like it felt special and interesting um so it it wasn't connected but it had that multiple universe sensibility that felt like it was fitting in what where the yeah. tv series were going but this feels like a completely different beast right oh yeah um and I, I don't know if i'm one year after i don't know if i'm five years later i don't know where i am in relation to anything in this movie yeah and we're not i i anticipate we're not going to get much sense of that in the flow of the next hunk of films because this there i believe i firmly believe that guardians 3 is the it was the sister to this is the tie-in and mm -hmm. that when that movie disappeared and then this got pushed back and yeah. everything i think it really did alter yeah how the flow of these stories went mm -hmm. uh you know and so love and thunder is potentially in this same line right like right the cosmic line right uh, but love and thunder was linked up with Guardians 3 and so I feel like something happened that made all of this change and I don't want to jump to post credits but the post credits really let me know that this is connected to this other film no yeah 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 uh, like there's right. other reasons for things going on here which post credit but the the first one the first one yeah. first one the, yeah but anyway let, let's talk about the movie then so like from a meta perspective we both agree like there's a thing about where this movie sits that's strange yeah that when we hit spider-man we're not going to feel this way at all. No. Well, I have to say, like, the only... There's going to be something... There, well, there's going to be films that happen pre-emergence now and post-emergence. You know right. what I mean? Like, there this are. film is now pre... There's there's pre-emergence and post-emergence. So what, what films now are pre-emergence and what films are post-emergence? And so Spider-Man 3, I can't imagine there's going to be this uh celestial that is coming up from the water in the end you know what i mean like that that that, that statue is is not going to be there in that film um they probably won't even make mention to it because it, this comes before that so i think every film now is just going to be about is this pre-emergence or post-emergence and how does that affect life on earth and their understanding of the celestials and the eternals and all of this stuff yeah okay um but yeah, I don't know. Sorry, what, what were you just saying? You were saying something so, about Let's talk about the movie. Oh, well, great. Um, so what did so you like? Well, I actually want to know what you didn't like because <laughs> I think there's, I think I liked just about everything, but I don't know if I can say that I loved something in specific. I don't want to, I don't want to be like, I, I'm going to be very thoughtful in it's what fine. I say yeah. because I don't want to be a hammer. Um, on the nail of your experience of the film. No, I well, um, I need the pushback. I want to. So wanna know. I want to say this. I think it's so. There's a lot about this film that I like. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that work really well, and the in particular, it's beautifully shot. Yeah, you can see Chloe Zhao's sort of sensibility. Yeah, the pacing I think is slow, and I love that about it. I, so those yeah, are things I really like. Breathe. Like you yeah. can definitely feel her style. Right, it's uh, very I, character driven and. Uh, I, I, right, it is very character driven, but that's where I start to have my problems. Yeah, because I think that there's a decision about what characters drive this mm -hmm. that are the wrong decisions. decisions, and I think that there's a there's a core difficulty with a film like this that the movie doesn't resolve, and this is like mm -hmm. my biggest issue. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a very large team that you need to manage, and no bad guys. There's no opposition for them in the big picture that matters because the only opposition that does matter, the deviants, 
are not part of the end game of this film in any way. Yeah. And in fact, they could have been a fascinating part of the end. I thought this was going in one direction and it didn't. And, right. I thought there was going to be a deviant Eternals team up. Well, I yeah, indeed and because they both happen. had the same agenda. Yeah. Right? Um It was going to be I thought it was going to be the enemy of my enemy is my friend uh, sort of thing. It, e even it if didn't. it was subtly done in that last minute it wasn't. Yeah. And then the super deviant was dispatched with an ease He's, that was beyond it's as if someone decided well now we're 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 done with them we're done with this like we're done with this macguffin and our macguffin isn't this being coming out of the earth our macguffin is the person you thought was a villain through the whole time mm -hmm. and and so for me the the movie suffered from a lack of villain but that meant when i uh, discovered yeah. betrayals i felt like it was cheap so okay yeah i almost felt like you say it suffers from a lack of a villain i almost think it suffers from too many villains and not knowing which one is the actual villain so so good and I'll, i agree with that i'm i guess i'm talking because about, at one point right. like erishem's a villain and then mm -hmm. you have like the emerging celestial is, is a villain but it's not his right. fault -Mat, right um uh, you have the deviants that are the villains, and then you have like multiple betrayals that happen. Yeah, throughout the film, like you guys are all kind of villains to each other at this point too. And then there's this whole um, internal uh, man versus self conflict mm -hmm. with this um, Thena's kind of mind thing. Mm -hmm. And so every, everybody is kind of her villain, and she's everybody's villain, but only sometimes. And so there's just a lot of conflict to kind of keep track of. And so that was, I mean, again, it's, I didn't think it was a perfect movie. I thought it was an enjoyable movie for, to sit through, but um, yeah, oh, it has its issues. For yeah, sure. so that that was that one, is one thing that really got, bothered me. And so the betrayal, Icarus's betrayal, uh, I was really like irritated by, like, yeah, and and the like complete like dumping of Dane Whitman, you know, for the bulk of the film. Yeah, and I didn't necessarily, I, I don't like young girl loving jealously as a plot device like it, yeah. a lot of the plot devices in here felt like things that i've seen a million times because you needed to use those tropes because right. you have so many characters to deal with right and then the and then the last thing well there's two things Let the last thing about character that bothered me was that um uh, how do i want to sort of put this um the 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 characters who we were engaging with in this story, the the people who we are asked to care about, are some of them are killed, and, and as a result, I feel betrayed. So, like the death of Gilgamesh for me, yeah, who's an yeah, actor yeah. who I love first yeah, of all, yeah. and second of all, is compelling and interesting and unfinished business, right? And then to have him that the being that kills him be so easily dispatched at the end. Yeah. Th that to me, I just don't like that. Like that's not something I enjoy in a film. Right. I, I, I'm never a fan. It's one of the things about zombie films. It's always like the best zombie films are the films that know how to slice off characters without me feeling like I was robbed. Right. It's the, you know, it's what I call the crime of aliens three, right? Mm -hmm. Because aliens three is a betrayal of, of the core relationship of Alien Two, right? And you, and to me, that kind of betrayal is beyond what I'm interested in in a film. Yeah. And so having like that Gilgamesh death, having that sense of uh, th that bothers me. Yeah. And then there's this weird ethical thing with Druig, that if they're not supposed to influence people, why is his power to influence people? Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. If 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 the no, whole, you're right. If like the whole creation of these guys isn't to interfere. Then how can he? Then why is his only power? Yeah. His power is to interfere. Yeah. And then there's the emergence, which if the hand got that far, the Earth's done anyway. There's a there's a thing <laughs> about pro-abortion in this that is a viable or not pro-abortion. I want to say that. Sure. Like like pro-choice that is underlying the end of this film, right? Right. And and I don't have an issue politically to grind in that area. Yeah. But the but they do soft soap it because the mother's life is not at risk if that hand can get out that far. Yeah. And the earth's not done. Yeah. Um and so those things kept blowing me out of it. And that's what I would say. Huh. Like that and the same thing with their Thanos line. We didn't go after Thanos because he wasn't our agenda.
but he literally is their agenda right. because the reason the emergence is happening right is because, is because yeah like thanos's yeah. snap prevents the emergence like that it is absolutely a thing they have to deal with yeah i guess you're right it does it does because it delayed it right they say it delayed the emergence by like five years that's right and they and this, should have and intervened snap brought everybody back was like enough energy or something to, to, to push to spark this, the yeah right this right. burst the emergence from happening so like all ah. of those things kept kicking me out mm. and so as i'm watching the movie and i was in a theater with about 15 people right like mm -hmm. it wasn't packed um, so I didn't have that positive energy around it that might have been totally, there. Yeah. But those things just kept kicking me out. Hmm. So, But I kept getting pulled back in by absolutely beautiful, although not always physics grounded, beautiful special effects, like the powers, the powers of are, the Eternals the powers are, are great. gorgeous yeah. to look at. Yeah. Okay, I, okay, I have to say that there are, some, there are some things I loved about the film, thinking about it. Um, I loved all of the diversity within the film i yeah. mean look we just saw right. shang chi meaning we just saw the first asian superhero come to the mcu mm -hmm. um and then you have gilgamesh which is was awesome to see and i wish he was continuing well um, and he can come back because they're robots so he could be remade that's fair yeah they're just pre this memory right 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 and we'll get to what i think we're gonna see from that post credit but um like i love i love the diversity um i love the um lgbtq lgbtq in, in um inclusion as well um loved the man like i loved i loved seeing things like babylon and tenochtitlan and these cult like i love the cultural inclusion not just like the diversity of the actors but the actual cultures from however far yep far back like the ancient ancient cultures um, and their depiction of all of that stuff. Like, I was like, oh, this is Babylon. This is super cool. Like, a, a way to envision this. Um, and that their whole ship was under Like, there's creative stuff like that that I was like, this is fun to watch. Um, I'm interested to know how you felt about names because it sounded like their names, like, were just the inspiration for legends and myths, right? Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have seen more of Sprite storytelling. In fact, I would have yeah. loved to see that as a convention to drive the me knowing right. where the hell I am. Right. And I thought, I mean, Sprite as an actor is fine. Yeah. Does a good job. I think those story, that storytelling segment, the one it was spectacular, right? Yeah. Beautiful to watch, well crafted, well staged, well blocked, like the whole works. Right. And I just wish there was more of that, um, that that guided through the process. You know, it's one of those things where if these characters really are superheroes even if they're flawed people th these are this is the group of people who wouldn't have fought together against loki and the invaders in avengers right, right? like there's that weird there's a weird thing about that that if you leaned into it more i might have if the, if it became about their damagedness yeah but it it never quite congealed for me um but but I but I say to you like I love the diversity, and I'm I'm angry that the diversity was in a film that had plotting issues that bothered me. Right. I was talking with some of my students who loved the a lot who liked the film. Some of them because they felt seen in the movie. Yeah, totally. And I was really sensitive to the fact that I was like, my problem isn't within LGBTQ family. In fact, I love that. In fact, I'm angry that Fastest doesn't have a larger role right right like yeah. his oh, yeah. his role is really pulled aside a little bit yeah um i i want to see more of i wanted to see more of him like i wanted to see more of gilgamesh i wanted to see you know more of sprite's power right or druig's conflict i think the druig storyline is so interesting right i think you know his druig i think exists his whole thing of of controlling people and him having issues with somebody else controlling him is the only like his power is only supposed to contrast against Ereshem's command. You know what I mean? Right. And so like, that's why you're, you should, you, you're supposed to have an issue with him controlling people. Um, because that's exactly what Ereshem was doing to Eternals, right? Like he was, he programmed, programmed them to be this and he was mm -hmm. in full control of, of them. So like, I see, I could, I totally see your issue with, why is this his only <laughs> power if they're not supposed to intervene? 
But like, I think if he didn't have that power, there would have been a very like you would have missed out on kind of the irony of that whole thing, even though it's not pushed, it's there. Right. And I would love them to lean into that more. That's that's what I would. And and again, my issues are almost uniformly with plotting and story structure, not with the filmmaking. Well, well, Chloe Zhao's work is really good for someone yeah. who is and I'm, doing I'm wondering big, giant how film. much I'm wondering how much uh, Marvel intervened or how much Disney intervened with certain things um, or Feige pushed certain plot points or something like that or how many times it had to be rewritten because of COVID or you know like I just don't so I, I heard don't know an interview the with the two writers mm-hmm. um, uh, after the, I'd seen the film and they talk about sitting in a writer's room and sort of coming up with the work and then presenting it to Chloe and her sort of giving feedback and then it goes to these sort of, um, I mean, all the Marvel films have these like managers, these external folks who are keeping it in the thread. And but they're never going to give a, a clear picture of what the experience yeah. was like oh, yeah, yeah. because they're you know they were worrying about their job as well as anything else right. and they want to write another one of these like there's big money in it, but they do talk about like sitting in a room working through the process, um, and their conversation was really interesting. Uh, I I um, I I liked so many things about the way the film was made. Mm-hmm. my struggles are with scripting and plot. Totally. I mean, in the end, that's really yeah. where my struggles are. Yeah. There's a couple of moments where the special effects are funky. And I think it's because potentially Chloe Zhao doesn't give two craps about, about this, yeah, that special, special effect. Yeah. Which ones can you think of? With there the was top of your head? Uh, something early in the film, and I don't remember where it was, but it was someone jumping down and their weight was way, it was way it, it off. Was, it, was, it was Thina when she jumped off the top of the deviant. I can like, there's a wire yeah, there. Yeah, right. Yeah. There, it's I like could see the wire. Really, way I could off. feel the wire. Yeah. Um, but the, but you know that's that's part of not caring about that as part of what the film's being made because you're worried about the personalities yeah. and those people were all really legitimate and I think you know, um, I I mean I just really liked the characters and so I was frustrated by. Yeah. Use. That's no, I, I, I totally get I totally get that. I I agree with you that I hate the whole I hate the whole um jealous lover girl, you know, Sprite is like I'm gonna betray my best friend to go after this guy that I've hardly spent any time with during this movie. Like that that you know, was like, just weird. Yeah, right? I just didn't like that at all. And there was like no apology in the end. It felt like there was no, it didn't resolve for me well enough. Well, and of course, like she gets forgiven, which is great, right? Yeah. Really easily because the movie's so long. So that's right. a problem. And then they resolve the issue of the fact that the, they're not going to make another movie for four years, and she's going to be too old to do the part by making her grow up now by right. transforming her. How and, old is that actress? I don't know how old she is, but she's gonna grow up in my head i thought she was like just a very young looking adult no, no matter what it's something i mean yeah it says time passes time passes and yeah. so she and she can't grow up at all right right so they had to let her grow up they had to transform her yeah. and i love that transformational power and well i mean cersei does, is so interesting does that does that does that take away her powers altogether or is it just take i don't away know her the answer aging? to that i i don't I, I think that there's a lot of unanswered questions yeah. about where the Eternals are next. And I mean, the team is split in two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of them are sort of on trial and the other half are out adventuring or, or whatever, searching for the ones on trial, whatever the journey's going to be. And I think they know, they knew that where they want this to go. So this was Cersei's story yeah. or Cersei and Icarus's love story. It's the big operatic story. right? And I love, I love in... Uh, science fiction and fantasy, that kind of love story. So, like Farscape's my one of my favorite science fiction films. Battle, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the new Battlestar Galactica, or uh, Babylon Five—they all have at the core these epic, huge love stories that are full of betrayal and yeah. all of those issues. Um, and I think that Cersei carried all that off. Yeah, I, I'm not sure Icarus carried all that off. Like pulled it off, like was able yeah. to commit. Yeah. And whether that's an actor issue or it's a plotting issue, I think it's a plotting issue. Because you oh, have a, well, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think Richard Madden can pull it off yeah, I as think an the, actor. The, so. When you have a guy who has to act through most of the film 
yeah as if he's one thing when he's really something else without us knowing it yeah that's a hard place to be for clarity yeah where cersei i mean there's that moment early on where she's dancing with people and i'm like this is what we should be talking about yeah um you know what else and they said i'm like off track now i guess but (laughs) the only other thing that this movie sort of and this is going to sound like a horrible comparison (laughs) but i think like the tv series sense8 understands the theme that this is supposed to be doing yeah and this film can't reach into the um yeah the, the universal the, so they're all like grabbing onto this power, right? right. And Sensate is doing the same thing. And Sensate's full of flaws too, like whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But that story is a story where we have this big operatic love story at the center and it's full of betrayal and, and whatever's there. But at the core of it, these characters are all at risk all the time. And that's sort of what I'm saying about the danger from a villain. Yeah. And. In, and there's something joyously fascinating about the the situation that these those f- people are in. Whereas I think Cersei is of the ilk of Sensate. I think Faustus is of the ilk of Sensate. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and I just don't think that that those characters were able to go the distance they needed right. to. And that I mean that's what you get though when you have a TV series versus. Like I actually think the uh, yeah. I think Eternals would have actually been better as a ten part series. Oh, I think a spec. I think it might have been a spectacular ten part series. Yeah, I don't think this this film works. It's too big to put into two hours and forty minutes or whatever the heck the runtime was. I mean, I'm sitting there watching. I'm saying, you could have spent an episode in Babylon. You could have spent an episode in Tenochtitlan. Line. You could have spent an episode in Machu Picchu. Like I don't know wherever the heck you want to go with it, and you could slowly move up through time and it would have made way more because by the time you get to by the time you get to present day you've then grown with the characters you've you've had relationship with the characters so when a betrayal does happen in 1500 ad or something Mm -hmm. like that and icarus decides to leave you're like what the heck like i hate you right now you know and you can still have him hide something and you can have a flashback to that moment that with Ajax in you know the second to last episode mm-hmm. and so yeah i think it would have i think it would have worked better as a a, a series and this that doesn't yeah. and all of that for me and this is why it's a complex conversation especially as a character driven piece right it i think that this is a beautiful film to watch and i think Chloe Howe's a great director and i think that the actors are great actors and mm-hmm. i think that the eternals deserve screen time as strange as that may sound from a, a like a real old school Marvel yeah. sensibility. Um, so like, that's why I, when I said I really wanted to talk about it, this is why I want to talk about mm. it because I struggle because I like a lot, but I don't want to see it again. I'll watch it when it's on <laughs> Disney plus, you know what I mean? You don't want to go to the theater. To see no, it I don't want to yeah, yeah. go to the theater again. I don't, and not because I don't want to support it. Although I don't care to su- care about that. Well, it doesn't need support. Because right. Disney's a billion It's because, company it's a lot of time for me to sit in a theater with something that I don't feel like um, satisfied a lot of what it needed for its own quality. I'm wondering if they're, if they're going to be able to kind of fix some of those issues in other films, you know, if they're going to be able to tie it up a little bit neater in some other movies. I mean, some of it is plotting issues, no doubt. Um, some of it is character. You've made this decision to have a jealous character. You've made the decision to just have uh, too many, uh, too many villains in your film, and you don't know which way. You know, so it's not going to make the movie necessarily any better, but it's going to make certain things maybe make a little bit more sense. Like they can tie up, they could tie up the whole "Why didn't you fight Thanos?" sort of thing a right. little bit better. Um, or how is this celestial coming out of Earth and it's not affecting? anything like it may actually be affecting a whole lot of things that we just right, haven't we don't seen know, yet right. right like uh there could be some major issue i mean there there had to have been a tsunami tsunami of course yeah there's they're all there's in the something. beach nearby well, yeah there needed to be a tsunami um and as an environmentalist thinking right as a thing about environmentalism um there needs to be a tsunami there like we need to see the impact of this right i, I mean you could make the case that overpopulation 
and the way we treat our world is going to destroy our world and we need to transform the planet in a way to survive. Like there's some thematic things that I can hear in the background of all this um, that yeah. I find really interesting. I was having, while I was, while I was watching this film, um, I was having, th this whole thing was very much relating to my current um, theological and faith stance right now. And I, I was saying like, wow, this feels like a very giant commentary on, uh, you know, indoctrination and God and yeah. all of this stuff. So I, that may, it may have just connected and resonated with me a little bit more than with you or with some other people just because of where I'm currently at. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, like it just made a lot of sense to me as I'm, I'm like, I can see myself in all of, not all of these characters, but I can act actually, yes, I can see myself in all of these characters, especially the ones who like Icarus, um, who just wants to, to say shut up and like we're supposed to listen to this god that created us regardless of what we think is right or wrong and i'm like that is i mean i think five years ago i probably would have been like yeah probably but today i say no like so like i can see myself my past self in certain characters too right um so yeah anyway um there was one moment so i said earlier that i didn't know where i was in the mcu because we did flash back and forth between past and present so often. Um, at one point, when we were in the present day, I thought we were in past. And I was like, I was sure Fastest was going to create the Ten Rings. <laughs> and then I realized that we were present day and I said, that's so stupid. Oops. I wish he was the one to create the Ten Rings. Right. Because that would make sense based on the end credit. Right from the other, right. The that sort of that signal. these Eternals were the yeah. ones who created this technology and it could have been created, you know, however many millions of years ago or thousands of years ago. Um, I don't know. I, that's, that's where I thought it was going at one point and I realized we were in the present and I was a little disappointed. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, I there's a lot I liked about it, but I, and I just struggle with plot and I, I feel yeah. like there's... Uh, uh, again, I wanted more Fastos. I wanted more Druig. Um, I wanted more of the girl who speaks sign language. Oh my goodness gracious! I wanted more Gilgamesh too, and he's just wasn't in it as much. Well, yeah. When you give a character something hilarious, like I make spit so drink or yeah. whatever spit yeah. soda, and then you um, and then you kill him right away. Well, and you put him in a big baby outfit, and then you kill him. I would love him to be. I mean, he's, he, he's more dynamic than most oh, of the he's characters. Such a, he's such an engaging actor. Like yeah. he's just completely compelling. But and so like my issue with the diversity in the story is that then it just becomes like which diverse character you're going to pick off. Right. Uh, and and I and I want them to live because I want I want the universe to be populated by those right. folks. Uh, I want that that to be part of the story that that's there. Hang on. Uh, no, I, I agree. You know, I uh, agree. I, and you know, I want to talk about two things. So let's talk about Karun for a second. Mm -hmm. um, the our human filmmaker yeah. tracking along. Yeah, that's a great plot device. Yeah. Right. He was fun from beginning to end. Gave us the kind of sort of perspective we needed. Mm -hmm. He um, was our human entrance into. He was our. Mm -hmm. He was our viewpoint. Right into this world. He he was able to kind of anchor us as pe as normal people into what it's like to be around gods essentially yeah. right and and his there was humor there and it was humor that was locked very firmly in a cultural style yeah like that stuff really really it worked. worked he was so fun to watch i'm so glad they didn't kill him oh, i was um, so concerned i was about concerned that. there was going to be a um a milton um if you know who i'm referencing yeah. uh i won't say anything in case that people haven't seen that movie right but I was concerned there was going to be a Milton moment where right. he just dies, and yeah, I mean, I'm glad that didn't happen. And and I think that the Kingo character is great too. We haven't mentioned him at all. Oh yeah, but come on, Anjiani's cool, what a yeah. cool character. Yeah, um, and I love that we get to see this little bit of Bollywood in the yeah. middle of this film. You well, know? and and fun to it was fun to see like what everybody decided to do with their eternity. Essentially, like just some people actually went and made something of themselves because right. you could you had the time to figure out how to do that and other people just wanted to live you know a normal life and some people didn't have a choice because of mental illness you right. know like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh again diversity and not just in 
in uh, cultural backgrounds, but in like what people have decided to do or what mental health and like things like that. Like people are being shown like Athena had major, major mental issues here that needed to be taken care of and how that actually translates to people who who can't do things because of whatever they're struggling, whatever their whatever their disability is. Like that's just that's part of life and it sucks, but I'm glad it's like being shown that not not everything is perfect for mm-hmm. these superheroes either, you know. Well, and, you know, if you think about it, the question is, does Arishem make did Arishem make Fastos gay or is Fastos gay outside of the create like those are interesting questions right but we i want to i want to spend time with fastos to understand that connection and right the the love he and his partner have is well, so beautifully well, well, strong and well drawn well if you're short. asking that question then you have to also ask did Arishem give them i mean he obviously gave them emotions but he gave them the ability to love and hate and did he so give he, them free will did he, yeah, he he obviously has. Right. And and he also doesn't watch. He's not a peeping tom. Right. Otherwise they wouldn't be able to talk about it. Right. You know, and so they he's given them enough of a leash and free will knowing that it doesn't matter at the end of the day this this celestial is going to be born, the world's going to be obliterated. So whatever the heck you do, we don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. As long as it makes it out. Uh, your your memory is going to be wiped anyway, and we're going to send you off to another planet. You know, it just doesn't matter. Right. My question though is, when they get sent to another planet, do they do they look exactly like the other people on that planet, or do they change based on the planet they're going to? Do you know what I mean? Like, if they're going to be sent to whatever planet uh, Gamora's from, are they all going to be green? So, like to be clear, we have some clues at the end to that um, with. Star Fox or Eros, like mm-hmm. because he's not earthbound, right? Right. And he does look humanoid. And there is a humanoid thing. Like there's a humanoid prejudice in the MCU. Like we just have to Yeah. Like we have to deal a- with a- that. as in there's there's too many humanoids. Because it's it's the cinema, right? So it's yeah, like it's cinema's ju- Right. It's just well, we have to because we need bipedal people yeah, because it, yeah. we need actors right. from our earth <laughs> to do the work. Maybe when we meet people from another planet. Yes. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. You know, they can come and they can act for us as aliens <laughs> in things, but we can't it's do that. It's just much cheaper to have have humans do yeah, the work. Yeah, mocap's of only going to yeah. be so far before we yeah. can't watch it. So, yeah. It, uh, so I, that is a great question, and it is a great question whether or not there are, like, you know, there could be a second film of this where they meet their un. Uh, um, unenlightened originals, right? Like that we there they encounter, and that might be interesting. In mm. fact, I, you know, I'm not sure Madden is gone. I'm not sure uh, Gilgamesh oh, is sure. finished. Right. I, I, they could come back, and then the story is about how you deal with someone who's, you know, unable or hasn't grown and developed. Like that's an interesting story. Mm. You know, the story of, you know, now you bring someone back who you loved, who is the person you loved, but is actually new and also has no memory of the things that changed you. And what what's that mean? What does that feel like? How, how do you grow yeah. through that? That's an interesting storyline. Yeah. That might be where we head in the future. The, right now, if they go the Star Fox route, like if they go that route with Eros and with Pip, that's heading us straight towards Adam Warlock and Well, Guardians he's been cast, so... Yeah, well, we know we know Adam Warlock's coming, right? Well, he's been coming for about I don't well, know, yeah, six forever, years, or right? Like that. It's been forever. That gold, yeah, it's been it's been a long space. time. So the the idea is, are we going to see the Eternals in Guardians three? Because Eros, I mean, Star Fox and Pip are part of, and Drax are part of a major story. I mean, they're part of the Warlock. Comic series, yeah. which is, I mean, is one of my Adam Warlock's sort of individual comic run is one of my favorite runs from when I was young, and and so when I saw Star Fox, like when I saw and I heard Pip, that was like the big moment for me. Yeah, I was like, oh, that is a character who I love in the comics, and they did not do their best 
with the CGI there. That's the other. That is the other <laughs> CGI spot. That was like that doesn't look good. It's a painfully forgivable <laughs> CGI moment. Was like that does not look good. But boy, I love like that's a character who I love in the comics. And Drax isn't a guardian in that series. Drax is Drax the Destroyer there, right. where he's going. At, and Drax is a character who I really loved. Who's who's going after Thanos? And and Adam Warlock is a mm-hmm. an opponent of Thanos. And mm-hmm. so the that that those stories that co- part of the cosmic world I'm excited about seeing. Yeah. And if that means we get if we get Druig in there and um we get uh who else was up on in space with them was Fastos up there or no? Uh, the three that were in space were no Fastos stayed on Earth for his family. Right. So um, it was Thena, Druig, right, it's and Thena, um, Makari. Yeah, Makari, yeah. Right, because Druig and Makari are a, a pair, Perry, right? Yeah. So, so that to me feels like a fun group who we could see yeah. meet with Guardians. That might be interesting. A Druig in the Guardians universe is feels wildly entertaining. Oh yeah, uh, he'll he'll match some sarcasm, and yeah, his, it'll be like really mean sarcasm. Exactly, though. his cynicism versus yeah. the rest of them feels really interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that that's the thing I was really excited about, and that feels like a place this could go. And so there's, I probably am more excited about Eternals two than I am about seeing Eternals one again. Yeah, yeah, that's How fair. That's fair. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's good. Um. I yeah. I think. I think maybe you're right. I think maybe what they've set up will be more exciting than this actual introductory story to. And it doesn't mean I are. hated my time in the theater. Like I yeah. know what you're saying. I struggled as opposed to, whereas often when I'm in a like at Shang Chi, which I just watched again on Disney. Yeah, Plus, it was great. Yeah. Uh, I don't struggle at all with that movie. No. Well, there's there's. I didn't struggle through Eternals. I enjoyed it, but I left saying, okay, that wasn't the best Marvel film ever. It wasn't perfect, but I for sure enjoyed it more than Thor and uh, <laughs> Thor 2, The Dark World. Right. You know, like there's, there are definitely worse Marvel films that no, have come out. No, for sure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm um, with you for that. And uh, so I was able to like, I think, I think knowing I had an inkling of how you felt because you were like, I'm not seeing it again, that I was like, Okay, expectations lower. Like they're just automatically like, okay, John obviously didn't like this enough to see it a second time, so I I should I should lower these expectations here. And I wasn't one hundred percent sure what you didn't like as I was watching the film, um, but from the stuff that I pointed out, I was like, okay, I, it's not a perfect film. So, but it was still great. It was still it was still fun. Like it was still an enjoyable movie for me. And well, if I could, I'm, pause looking, it. I'm actually looking forward to seeing it again. So on Disney Plus, I'll be able to pause it three times, and I'm and you'll be watch perfectly it in chunks. Fine. Yeah, you'll watch I'll it. Be, in I will be fine. Yeah, in the way I survived Aquaman. Like I see, I refuse. I won't I watch. Won't oh, by the, I I have to say, Superman does exist in the Marvel. No, it's true. Universe. They did confirm that no, in that this movie. That was a great moment. Yeah. So DC is a thing. Yeah. In the MCU, I that's one of those moments where. Who's gonna do it first? Oh, you're gonna you do, do it, it first. Good. Yeah. That's We're gonna acknowledge good. the other, the other player. Well, once yeah. you have the multiverse opening up, you like it almost feels like it's a carrot to say, your guys' movies are struggling. Do you want to come? You want to join our ours? Yeah. Briefly, do you want to <laughs> do a crossover? Uh, which is, I mean, that happened in the real comic series, right? right. When DC was struggling a little more when Marvel had exploded, you know, in the seventies and suddenly yeah. DC is crossing over and there's Jeez. Spider-Man versus Superman and, and oh, you man. know, that great comics. I mean, they're crazy freaking comic books. Well, you better believe that but, if, I mean, if Disney decides they just want to buy out DC, you better believe they're there. I mean, there likely would be some kind of crossover that would happen. You know, they'd take advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, they, they, and they had the capacity for the superheroes to sort of meet up. But what matters to me is, that by doing that you've established a world that we're living in that's sort of fun like there's a funness to that yeah and you know i i'm just gonna say over and over again i love the characters i didn't like the way they lived with each other so (laughs) yeah and and i did think it was shot beautifully i mean yeah she just knows how to shoot big giant landscapes yeah well it, it it didn't it didn't look like other marvel films right it looked like an indie film with some CGI slapped on top, right? Like it looked like it just, 
it just felt natural as opposed to um really pre visualized you know what i mean like mm-hmm. felt like a lot of the stuff was like all right let's just go out there with a camera and just find the the right angle right right and everything shot at like a 35 millimeter right and it's just right. like everything just looks nice everything just looks natural there's no like random digital zooms even the um you know even the uh the fight scene at the end or throughout like sometimes you get like these giant cg brawls and it just didn't it just wasn't that right because it couldn't be because it was a film about people and not a film about some giant monster i mean it was a film about this giant monster but coming they out of the earth but it wasn't monster. yeah it wasn't about fighting the big thing it was right. about solving the problem together mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i wish we got to see more of certain characters like fastest i wish we got to see more of um kingo kingo kingo, kingo. yeah I mean, I, like and he and he made a conscious decision to bow out right and not help either side which i'm glad that there is a character that did that as mm-hmm. well and who just chose to stay neutral um What's interesting, which is still cowardly in a way, but you know, they all many of these actors have talked about how many scenes they shot that aren't in the film. Hmm. There is probably hours of additional footage. Crazy about these individual characters. And I mean, there the has to be because it's there's nine people on a team right. or something like however many people there are. There's a ton of them. So, yeah, that's that's hard. It's hard. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, I did sit there at the end, though. I watched, you know, you got to stay for both credit scenes. A lot of people left during mine, too. Yeah, well, like, like I said, I was one of the only people in this room. Right, right, um, so if somebody did get up behind me, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> except for the one guy who, he was like three, four rows back. He, I, I thought he was asleep for most of the movie, but then he would randomly talk to his wife who was next to, okay. who was next to him. He sounded like, he sounded like my dog when he snores at, at night. Like, <sighs> <laughs> like, like he, it's so loud i turned around multiple times to see if he was okay and he was just watching the film so i don't know how his wife didn't didn't, didn't just kick him out of the theater or didn't sit across the room from him but um this this final scene i i mean cersei gets sucked up into the heavens right and you know comes before erishem and dane is just kind of like what the heck i had something to tell you about my family and i was very interested to see where he was going to go and i did not know that 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 end credit was going to actually tell us and it didn't really but it did um the comic fans all know what's going on yeah and i at first thought that the voice that spoke to him i was like is that samuel jackson's voice then i realized that it was uh mahershala's voice right and I had to text you. I texted you immediately, and I think you were sleeping. Um, and then I responded. When my you cat responded woke at, me 2 up at two a.m. Poor guy. Um, uh, and <laughs> I. This is this is how much COVID has thrown this off. That they're teasing Blade like years, years, years before Blade even. Right. I mean, Blade hasn't even been shot yet. Right. I'm even sure it's been cast yet, other than Mahershala as Blade. Right. So they're yeah. we're way out. And they're setting up. I mean, that's a whole universe that they're setting up. That Dane Whitman storyline, if it dovetails with Blade, is a whole yeah universe of stuff we haven't touched before. Yeah, uh, and that's that's interesting. Well, who is Dane in the comics? Is he in the comics? He's the Black Knight. He's the Black Knight in the comics. Okay, and that sword is sort of vampiric, like to be simple. It's oh, I mean, it follow. It, there's these things that follow around your, and it, it's about like stealing other people it's it's huh. complex and we don't have to go into detail we're not that show but but it does match up both with the vampiric nature of yeah. blade and with the dark mysticism horror storylines and i'm mm. it, the funny thing that's about exciting you saying you go to a horror you were almost in a horror film <laughs> the if we if you go the distance with blade ghost rider uh, yeah, the Black Knight, who actually is an Avenger for a, a period of time. Hmm. Um, if you go the distance in their world, uh, and actually, to be honest, Daredevil does some wild horror stuff. I mean, when he goes to hell and that whole hmm. storyline, which is one of my favorite comic storylines ever, th- there's some interesting places that they could go, but it's not for kids. 
Yeah. Like Blade's not. Well, for no, kids. none of the Blade movies are for kids, for no, sure. And Blade, Blade, the Blade's just not for kids. And right. to be honest, Dane Whitman's not for kids. Hmm. And and to some great extent, that's something we should say about Eternals. Is right. of the Marvel films, it's one that's really not for kids. It's about adult issues, right? You know. Well, it. I mean, this is a question that that has to be answered, and that, that Disney and Marvel are going to have to answer is is do you make R rated Marvel films, right? Because I mean, there's no including Deadpool in that's, this in this series, and we know Deadpool's coming. Yeah, there's no including him in it, not be R. Right. You have only one F bomb that you can drop before before right. you make it R, and you know he's going to drop two in a sentence. I don't know. Like, I don't. What are you going right, to do? Because if he like, doesn't, it's not Deadpool. It's not anymore, Deadpool. So what right. difference is it? What's the point of having him in the in the film? I mean, that's why they they glued his mouth shut in Wolverine Origins. Right. God, that awful movie. And yeah, I mean, what what do you do? They're gonna have to make a decision. And I mean, either they're gonna teeter the line as close as they can to that R rating, or they're going to 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 release a PG thirteen cut and an R cut. There's no way that you do Blade without a level of violence, mm -hmm. intimate violence, mm -hmm. that you don't want kids to watch. Right. Whether you keep it out of the R range or not. They're going to have to branch then. Yeah. Right? They're going to have to branch into two directions. It's, yeah. And one story is going to have to go this way for kids and another and another story is going to have to go this way for adults. And and they have to be in the same universe, right? Because they've right. made that commitment and, you, and that's a big... Well, and at some point they're going to branch off, but they're going to have to come back together. And so what do you do for... The, the branch of kids who haven't seen the Blade stuff. Right. And you know? how does Blade enter some future right. Avengers film right. and feel like he fits? And, and I mean, good for them to give it the shot and see where it goes because I think as we're watching the TV series develop and we're way off the Eternals now, Moon Knight's the same thing, right? So Moon Knight, you know, is our, for all practical purposes, our mystical Batman alternative mm -hmm. in uh, the MCU. And he lives in a very different world but so does daredevil and i know we're going to see daredevil like at this point we know it well we know daredevil works from the netflix show right we know daredevil and we know da and we know daredevil can work even better when it's not made by a like a different production company right right when it's actually part of mcu mm -hmm. uh stuff like it, it it can it can work um and it will it will work i can't imagine they they're going to make that flop um you know especially when you can pair him up with spider-man and you can pair him up with Punisher, all right. in the same, all in New York him, or right. something, right? Like, well, and Punisher's a Spider-Man character, right? Right. So like, like that's they're all where three of them have, together. Yeah. Um, and you have, I mean, in addition, you have all of these young Avengers that are appearing, who are that sort of ground level superhero to some extent, or they're sort of sitting in that space. I mean, um, we said this, we said this a while back. Is like they need to build the team again, right? Like they're doing all of the work that you know the f the first three phases did in 11 years they're doing it in like two or three right exactly and so like that's part of why eternals exists is to bring in oh we get six or seven new new super superheroes that we care about and potentially we get the other two back who dies right um because they're just synthetic beings anyway so like we'll just bring them back it doesn't matter um and now all of a sudden you have nine more people that you can add plus dane uh and it just becomes this growing, this growing thing. And so when you toss, you know, you have people on the ground level who who have superpowers but can't fight in the cosmic. Like you have these ranges of, of superheroes, and I think that's great to have, right? Like, it's like we were wondering how does Shang Chi hold up against some galactic villain, and with the rings he can, but he can also hold his own if it's just him and. You know, right? It's just him and Matt Murdock, right? Like, right. It, it, or without the rings, to... like he can just. But the cool thing is, he could also pass those rings off, right? Right? Like, can you imagine Daredevil with the rings on for a turn, and he passes them right back to Shang Chi? Like, people can. I don't know. Like, you can have a lot more interaction when you have characters that are on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excited for what they're doing, um, and we'll all see. I, I mean, I, I think we talked earlier. It has to. It has to culminate with Quantumania right now before launching into right, a we're new heading towards phase, right? Quantumania, right? And now I feel like we're on the train. Yeah. Now that we're past Eternals 2, which again is a movie out of time in the way. It's so funny because these films that have been released, so Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals are like films out of time. Yeah. They're films that either COVID or 
sexism, whatever you want to say about why the freaking Black Widow didn't have a movie when it could have happened. Yeah. The, the, that those three films are films that are out of time. And now we're landing into Spider-Man next, right? Which we're going to go see in whatever, a week and a half or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and as we land into Spider-Man, as we, as we hit that film, that film is back in time, right? We're completely connected again. That film yeah. is the next step after um, Loki, Scarlet Witch, and What If. Like it's fitting into this cycle. We're it, there. Well, and directly after Spider-Man 2. Right. Like in the MCU timeline, this lines up, I think it like, takes place literally right where it right, leaves the off. Right, right. And so we have this boom, 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 all this stuff that is suddenly cohesive instead of these three disparate movies. Mm -hmm. All of which work fine. I think Shang Chi's the best of the three, right? But oh yeah, they work for sure. fine. Um, and they're but they're seeding something to come, right? Whereas now we'll be back in the throes, and so we have that, and we'll have you know Doctor Strange, and we'll be yeah Thor, and yeah all yeah. of this stuff. Is it, it'll it'll yeah. it's gonna feel like the MCU. It'll feel cohesive again. Yeah, so, absolutely. So that's my feelings. I don't want to. I'm I'm. It's why I wanted to talk about it. No, it's great. I'm not negative, no, right? No, I'm just your, not your, positive. Your plot points are valid. The the plotting issues are valid. I mean, they, it followed a structure, but there was just a like I said, it was there was it was 20 minutes too long, and those 20 minutes threw off when certain things needed to happen. It's it changed how things are happening. I think just because they right. ended up adding too much, and so while they have so many people, while it was. While it's an issue, I don't think it's as big of an issue as you feel it is. Good. I think that's a great way to say it. Yeah, you know, I'll I take think, that. I think when you watch it again, if you ever decide to do that, I, I will watch it when it comes on Disney Plus. I, I will watch it again. I think you'll feel. I think you'll feel slightly different. Like I think you'll be like, okay, I can look past it. <laughs> more than I more than I could before. Like it won't bother you as much. All you right. know. Um, because I think there's a level of like you, you knowing what the comics are, like you go in with these expectations for this film. I probably would have felt the same way that you do may, if yeah, I didn't, if I saw it with you in theaters. Right. Maybe. And I also, you know, from a comic perspective, the Eternals aren't my favorite comics. And I, I got to tell you, Cersei captivated me from door to door of this film. Yeah. Oh, she was great. Right. So when I, when I say that, yeah, this is better than, I like this more than I like the Eternals comics. Well, that's good. <laughs> go. How about that? <laughs> they succeeded there, then I guess. There you so, go. That's, yeah, yeah. That's my response. That's my final. That's my final word for now. That's good. Cool. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation by leaving us a message at Anchor.fm/RackingFocusPodcast. The link is in the description of this episode. We'd love to feature you in the podcast and respond to your questions and thoughts in a future episode. And if you want to track all the films we watch and talk about, you can catch either of us at Letterboxd. Uh, you can find me there at John Doyle. And I'm at Josiah Blizzard. The links to our profiles are also in the description of this episode. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we ask you to leave a five-star review because that helps people notice us. But you can leave whatever comment you want about us in the review. That way you can share your opinion and increase the conversation. Lastly, follow us on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast, where we post screen grabs from some of our films we're watching and where we'll keep you updated on the episodes that are releasing week by week. If you are listening to an episode, we'd love for you to share a screenshot of that episode you're listening to and tag us in your story. Anything else to add, John? Nope, but I think Stephanie has something to say. The guys aren't sure what they're watching next, but it could be The Harder They Fall, Spider-Man, or parts of Hawkeye. No, we, we have watched The Harder They Fall. We just don't know where they're going to talk about it. Oh, we're not sure if they're going to talk. Did I say watch? Yes. Oh, my bad. Let me try again. <laughs> we're not sure what the guys are going to talk about next. It could be The Harder They Fall, Spider-Man, or parts of Hawkeye. We're not going to talk about parts of Hawkeye. We're going to talk about episodes. Hawkeye's legs. <laughs> and maybe we'll <laughs> talk about his face. Do I have to do it again? No, you're good. Thank you. No, do it one more okay. time. One more time. The, we're talking about, we're not watching. Right. Next. No. Nope. We're not sure what the guys are talking about next, but it could be The Harder They Fall, Spider Man, or Hawkeye. Is it called The Harder They Fall? <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just waiting for you to say parts of Hawkeye. <laughs> like knowing that was what you shouldn't say, but you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> I think you're good. We're going to include all of that. <laughs> People will understand. Right. We just let yeah. it play. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast.